Welcome to We Belong Here, Lessons from Unconventional Paths to Tech. I'm your host, Lauren Lee. And who am I? I was your wacky 10th grade English teacher who would occasionally rap a Shakespearean soliloquy, would always encourage a live performance of a book report, and would occasionally dress up in costume as Professor Dumbledore to host an ethics debate, who then, after nearly a decade, decided to take the massive leap of faith to attend a coding boot camp, switch careers, and dive deep into the tech industry. I've been surprised by how many of the skills and lessons I learned as an educator have translated to my role in tech. So that got me thinking, have you taken a non-traditional route to tech? Or are you interested in transitioning yourself? This is a podcast that aims to interview career changers and folks who are diversifying tech. We'll hear stories from people who've taken unique paths and chat about the skills that they've transferred to their roles today. We're hoping to create a space for people to learn from one another, develop confidence, and debunk the antiquated notion that a computer science degree is required to succeed in tech. Come on, everyone, let's dive in. My guest today is a senior developer at TWG, a digital consultancy in Toronto, where she manages a team of developers and does quite a bit of production work. But before she got into tech, she likes to say that she was a professional career sampler and that she worked in a lot of random industries. She's been a retail buyer, a shop girl, kids party princess, has sold art on a cruise ship and was a personal trainer and had a brief stint as a wedding planner. Her name is Kristen Spencer. I'm so excited to have her as a guest today. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm very excited to hear all about these experiences and how those have helped you in your world of tech. But let's start at the beginning, shall we? For sure. Okay, so let's dive in. Tell me all about those things that you were doing before you entered tech. Yeah, it sounds truly exciting when you read them all out in a row. No, it's incredible. (laughs) Yeah, I've always just been kind of a person exploring what the next big thing is going to be for me and never really being able to pinpoint one certain area of life that Mm -hmm. I wanted to dive in and make a career out of. So um, like I said, I was kind of just sampling things that seemed interesting and diving Mm -hmm. in. And so Doing that, it had a lot of really cool, different, random experiences. It sounds like you live really passionately and you're like, okay, I like this. I'm going to see how it goes. Maybe it's for me forever, uh, but maybe not. And that's okay. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And depending on how you look at it, it can look like I was lost and uncommitted or that I have Mm. a wide range of rich experiences that have made up what I am today. And I like to- (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's go with the latter. I really like that. (laughs) about reframing the narrative, I think? Oh, for sure. I think- we have to craft that. And that's what this podcast is really about is how do we help others who do have prior experiences, but are maybe not on that more traditional route? How do we help them frame it so that when they're in the job interview, how do we sell it so that they're like, yeah, we want you to be a part of the team that's going to diversify the way that we've tackled problems and just diversify that cognitive thought. And I think that that's really an important mission. So for sure. Okay, so tell me then, how did you decide to learn to code? And how exactly did you learn it? So it kind of came to me like a lot later in life. I had had my first baby. I have two kids mm-hmm. um, and I was on maternity leave and can- I'm in Canada and we're really lucky to have a full year of maternity leave. I realize that's not nice. for all your listeners for sure, but um, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I had a full year. I got pretty bored to be honest. I, I made a friend in a postpartum exercise class and we kind of clicked and we thought, hey, like, why don't we start a blog? 
Mm. It's going to be a regular blog. It's going to be a cool mom blog and (laughs) what we were going to do with it. Um, But as we started working on it, I pretty quickly realized I had absolutely no interest in blogging or actually contributing any um, that like content side of it. Yeah. But we were we were making our blog on WordPress and I realized that I was pretty interested in designing it and figuring mm-hmm. out how it was going to look. And so by nature of that, I had to dive into the code a little bit to customize the theme. Cool. So even then, I didn't realize that it was the the code that I was really into. I thought, oh, maybe like I really like web design. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. from there, I took we have an organization here called Canada Learning Code. Back then it was called Ladies Learning Code. And they had day workshops put on to learn technical skills. And they had one on Photoshop, which I thought, okay, great. I want to be maybe a webinar and get really into this. So I took that. I had such a great experience that I thought, why not take an HTML and CSS class after that? And from there, I just was kind of immediately hooked. It was this like lightning bolt of like, wow, so rewarding to be able to make small changes here and make a change immediately in the browser. And it kind of was just this like lightning bolt moment, like I said. And there happened to be a flyer that was on the table advertising this nine-week boot camp. Oh my gosh, just there. And so, yeah, you're having that incredible moment in that day workshop, feeling so empowered. And then you look down and it's right there. Yeah, it was just right there. Um, And I'm not afraid of making a wild life change decision because I had done that many times in my career so far. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. About this, it wasn't really kind of anything new. So I brought it home to my partner and I said, this is really exciting and maybe this is something I should look into. But it was a little expensive, a lot less expensive than they are now for sure. Mm-hmm. Because was back when HackerU was the first coding bootcamp of its kind in Canada. Wow. And this was for the very first cohort of students before that had ever started. Wow. I mean, talk about a leap of faith. I went to Ada Developers Academy and I have such um, admiration for the folks that took that course the first time we're in cohort zero, like to try it when there's no established understanding of what this is going to be and even be the first bootcamp in all of Canada. Yeah, that's really cool. Good for you. Totally. Yeah. So I ended up in the third cohort um, just because of the the way it worked out. Um, I met the founder, Heather Payne, um, for coffee and kind of told her my situation. And she totally sold me on the whole experience. And the people who went through back then were total early adopters and had like entrepreneurial spirits. But then mm-hmm. it became more of a a proven concept and people were getting actual development jobs. The focus of people who were going into the program totally shifted to that. But I I had this idea that I would freelance and I would also, I was into health and fitness at the time. So I thought, why not have a web design and development business and be a personal trainer and be a famous blogger and like all of this kind of stuff. Let me do it all. (laughs) Yeah. I was totally sold on the dream. Yeah. So I ended up Instead of going back to work, when my maternity leave was over, I just racked up the debt on my credit cards and went into this program. Wow, good for you. And then after that program, you went on to teach there for four years? I did, yeah. That was kind of a surprising twist. Because like I said, I was planning on freelancing and and doing my own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mentoring their part-time courses. And that was such a rewarding experience to be able to be in there with people who were in the same shoes I was just a few months ago and be able to actually know what their problems were and be able to help them. So not long after that, I got an offer to join the full-time instructor team for the bootcamp and it was just Mm. good to pass up. It's a really special place and I just wanted to get involved in whatever way I could. 
Yeah, it feels important to be able to give back to the community that helped you get where you are. And it, it feels really a positive way to make change for the future for those who are interested in getting involved in tech now and whatever it is. Yeah, that's really neat. Absolutely. And one of the biggest perks of working there was just the amount of amazing people I was able to meet because mm-hmm. we all had the shared interest of tech, but we're coming from such a wide array of past mm-hmm. So there is musicians. I have a couple of friends who are professional comedians that became developers because they wanted cool. to pay the bills in, in addition to do their craft. And I've met some amazing people and have like lifelong friendships because of that community. I love that. Yeah. I remember sitting on day one, maybe of my bootcamp and hearing what other people were doing before this and feeling so in awe that we were somehow creating this microcosm of a community where we had marine biologists, a lawyer, a ballerina, all of us together to learn together. It was like, wow, we're going to have so many experiences beyond just what co- like what we bring to the table is going to be so incredible. Yeah. I'm so appreciative. Totally. Yeah. And as somebody who like traditional post-secondary education didn't work for me, I ended up dropping out of university. So to be able to be in a classroom with people who had law degrees or were like pre-med, mm-hmm. we were kind of all on the same page and all coming together mm-hmm. and- a beginner at something was really cool and kind of confidence building for me too. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I love that. Okay, so let's bring us to today. Can you tell me more about what you do at TWG? Yeah, so TWG is a digital consultancy. We're based in um, Toronto, Canada. And what we do is all sorts of web technology projects, but kind of the bread and butter and the focus of what I do there is building web applications and often the MVP product for small businesses that want to kind of take their business to the next level or move into digital or just want to test a product on the market to see if there's a fit. Oh, fun. Yeah. So we kind of get to do the early stage or the fun part of building an engine where we start from zero. We decide what what we're going to build it in and how we're going to build it. And then we get to hand it off and often help them find a technical team to take it from there. Oh, cool. So prototype for them, help them understand what this could look like, what it would be, and then let them kind of take it off to the races. Very neat. Exactly. And that's that's not all the uh, agency does, but that's what I've been focused on since I've been there. That's what you do. Very cool. I love that. That sounds really, really fun and really creative, I bet, because every time you get a new client, you get a new problem to solve. And so it's never monotonous, I imagine. Exactly. And for somebody like me that was career hopping, yeah, kind of allows me to do that while keeping one job at the same place because so cool. while I get to work in fintech and then I can work in the healthcare industry and then, you know, I get to mm-hmm. learn about these different things while not having to commit to it as like a lifelong thing. Yeah. Oh, that's so dreamy. Okay. What would you say kept you from entering the tech industry before you did? I honestly, um, and I think this is what a lot of people kind of feel, but I just never thought it was for me. I'm using air quotes. Mm-hmm. Nobody can see me. But, <laughs> but um, when I was in high school, I think that there was just a real lack of awareness about what mm-hmm. careers were even options. And web app developer, it was not really even a thing that I would have ever heard of or thought of. Mm-hmm. And in high school, the computer science courses were all dudes. There were no girls in the class. Yeah, for sure. It was not sold to us in any kind of way. Um, So it seemed like it wasn't for me. And then even when I was getting interested in the blog that we were doing and kind of digging into the WordPress theming and stuff, 
I always was coming at it from a, oh, maybe I should be a designer. Like the art perspective. Yeah. yeah because yeah. that seemed like something that was more within reach for me and my yeah. experience. It took a long time before I realized that the coding side of it was something that I was actually really good at and was yeah. totally accessible. And I was able to learn without having to go back to school and try out another degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. It's just such a shame that no one ever says, Kristen, why don't you take this class, you know, when we were younger and just to encourage it? Because clearly, I mean, you're a senior developer, you have the aptitude for, it. you know, it sounds like you're doing an incredible job at your job. So yeah, but I mean, the path that you took to get where you are now is probably what makes you an incredible engineer, though. Yeah, I think so. In the end, like it was it was very winding, but I wouldn't really want it any other way. Yeah, yeah. The experiences yeah. that I had. Yeah, I feel that same way too for myself personally. I never would have done it differently because yeah, I think it just makes us more empathetic as engineers, all these different things. Actually, let's go there. That's my next question is, yeah. um, how's your past as a career sampler helped you today in your role as a senior developer? Yeah, well, I think that having kind of that different perspective makes you more empathetic to the users of your your platforms for sure because mm-hmm. that in a different way. I've only been writing code for five years or so. Mm-hmm. Before that, I was I was using the internet, I was using applications um, and not really understanding what was going on behind the scenes. So I can still mm-hmm. remember what that's like and have a little bit more empathy for the users. I can yeah. also appreciate being in the tech industry so much more. It's certainly um, not without its problems and that, but coming from a more arts background and trying to get into industries like fashion or journalism or like things like that, where you're in roles where you feel lucky to be doing a free internship and and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's such a kind of shift of mindset to think about how the internships are are paid. You're paid for your work and your skills are actually valued and you are worth a lot of money. So that's, that's really good because I think that while it can be hard sometimes, especially to be an underrepresented person in tech. I can still appreciate that I'm in tech. And yeah. Oh, I think that's really important too, just that reflection piece of where you are and what path that you took to get there. I wonder, do you have any tips for those that have a varied background? How did you frame that narrative during your interviews or on that job hunt? What, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So I think um, what I had to do was I had to really play into my strengths. So a lot of my past jobs involved me getting up in front of a room of people, mm. talking and communicating and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's an area that doesn't come very naturally to a lot of people, the public speaking type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Be really handy in tech, even if you're not at an agency doing client-facing work, you mm-hmm. need to demo work to your colleagues or you need to be able to take a technical concept and explain it to yeah. somebody at your company. Yeah, for sure. And do that with ease without getting nervous. So that was something that I really, really played up. And then I cannot understate the importance and acceleration that getting involved in the tech education space had for my career. Oh. Because of the the amount of people that I was able to meet through that job. Mm. And like so many of my students now are all over the Toronto tech industry. And as the years pass, people are rising up in their careers. 
And so being a part of this incredible network of people who know people um, has been totally invaluable. Yeah, that network of, of, hey, this job is happening or we need someone here. It's an incredible thing to have as a resource. And that, yeah, it's a great advice though for folks that are curious of even how to get involved. It's like find a group of people that are also learning together and you'll all be rising up together at the same point too. It's fun to see where your friends add up and different routes they've taken too. Yeah, it's really amazing. Now we're about um, four or five years out from when I was coming out and people are leading. Mm -hmm. They're becoming seniors and managers. It's amazing to see. Oh, that's so fun. I'm only two years out. And so I can't, yeah, I can't wait to get to that point. Just, I just, there was so many badass folks that I did it with that I'm like, I know they're going to be running companies soon. And I just, I'm just so proud of them too. So yeah, it's neat. It's so cool. And I've had so many students that I've taught that I'm just like, I can't wait to work for you one day. (laughs) Oh, what an incredible feeling that is. There's something really wonderful about teaching people that you really believe in, you know, and I think that someone, someone that attends a boot camp like wants to be there. They have the grit. They're teaching themselves. They're not doing it through a traditional pathway. I think there's, it says something about the character of that human. So yeah, it's cool. Totally. Yeah. And as a teacher, it's the best possible audience you can have because nobody's mm-hmm. supposed to be there and they're putting so much online. Oh my gosh. They're like attentive. They want, they're hungry for it. They like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm just thinking I'm having flashbacks to freshman English and students being like, fuck this. Like, are you kidding? I don't want to read the Odyssey. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that uh, at a yeah, right. Yeah. I was always like putting on a song and dance show up in the front of being like, this is fun. You are, you will like this. I promise. <laughs> I mean, same thing, trying to make things really like exciting and visual. Sure. Yeah. How do you, how do you engage when you're explaining like what HTTP is? I'm sure is a challenge in itself. So totally. Yeah, I'm going to do like an interpretive dance to explain like display and positioning and CSS, like, <laughs> <laughs> so, like interactive activities. Okay. Like you are the web browser and you <laughs> Oh my gosh. Ah, oh, okay. I love it. Anyway, so let's get back to my, the questions. Can you share any life lessons that you've learned from your transition to tech? Yeah. So I think that that a big one is just probably one of the most important skills you can learn is how to stand up for yourself and negotiate your worth. Mm. Especially coming from this was kind of a throwback to what I was speaking to earlier, but coming from industries where the jobs are not plentiful and you're made to feel very lucky that you even have an opportunity to work for. Free. Mm-hmm. The power dynamic shifts when you enter tech. Your skills have a lot of value. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That value can be tricky sometimes because when you're new into the industry, there's confidence issues, there's imposter syndrome, but right. you have superpowers. You can make websites or you can make web applications. <laughs> you can make computers talk to other computers. Yeah. Everybody can do that. And it's a hard skill that people can't take away from you either. So learning how to speak about yourself in a confident manner and sell your story. And also having the confidence to ask for what you're worth is maybe one of the most important things that you can master because the starting salary that you come in at at a company has this ripple effect over your whole career. Yeah. I mean, it's a really important thing to always be asking for more. And yeah, your base salary is what then they end up, you know, the raises will be exponentially boosted by that. Yeah. It's wild, I think. So um, have you had success in negotiating in the past? Yes and no. It's still it's still a struggle for me. I feel I'm talking like this has been something that I'm mastering, but I, I'm constantly working on this. But I think something that really helps me is being really open about salary with my peers. Yes. Oh, my gosh. People have such fun talking about money, but I love talking about money because that really helped me to realize a while ago how much my skills were actually worth and 
Mm-hmm. So sometimes uh, dollar value, you're asking for it when you're interviewing for a job and it makes you feel sick because you think they're going to laugh at you. But if you're talking to your peers about money and knowing what people make, then you can come in really informed and educate maybe even the hiring manager on what. Right. Like this is the market. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really important and empowering. And if folks that are listening to this are not doing that, there are plenty of organizations out there that will help you make sense of what the salary looks like in your area for your skill set. Um, Ladies Get Paid is an incredible organization that I volunteered with before in the past that does a lot of advocacy work on helping people negotiate and how to frame the narrative for them when going into that conversation. My cohort uh, from Ada, we have spreadsheets upon spreadsheets of, you know, initial offers, how we negotiated, what that looks like at every single different company that we've all worked at and the breakdown of where we're at now and how we handled our bonuses. And it's just like a plethora of data that I'm so incredibly appreciative for because I know it's greatly impacted my quality of life now. Yeah, that's that's amazing to hear. And I think that the more that we can support each other and yeah. educate each other on on what the situation is, it's not really a competitive thing. It's like if if I'm oh yeah if I'm doing better at work than so are all my peers. It's yeah, it's a collaborative thing for sure. I, I feel like there should be no ego in it either. Like let's talk about this, let's not feel uncomfortable and let's really help each other all rise together so that we can get the freaking money. And I I feel no embarrassment for saying that. And I remember saying that in my last hiring meeting that I had with my current job, I mean, I said, like, there's no way I'm not going to negotiate FYI. (laughs) I think just really great makes you feel good too when it when it works out for the better. It does. You feel like a boss. And um, yeah. this, this talk, they said like as a underrepresented minority in, in the field, getting a raise is diversity work. Getting that promotion is diversity yeah. work. So yeah. And when you have incredible like advocates and allies that are maybe your, your manager, but maybe not that are sp- speaking your name in manager meetings or, you know, helping you get there, find those folks too. Because there are people that want to help diversify the space, but aren't aren't a part of that party themselves. And so that's their work that they can do that you don't necessarily need to be doing yourselves, right? Like they can be saying, hey, what about Lauren? Or what about Kristen to take on that next project when you're not in that space, for example? And that that then can really, really help amplify your, your path. Totally. Chris, I'm loving this conversation. Every advice you have, I'm always, I always want to talk about this kind of stuff in this podcast. So thank you. Nice. I'm getting fired up. I love it. <laughs> I know, right? My heart is beating fast. <laughs> Can you tell me about a time that you have felt like an outsider and maybe how you have dealt with those feelings? Yeah, I, I think that this is really common for people who come out of boot camp programs, I think, mm-hmm. and I'm included yeah. in that because we don't have that traditional computer science background. Mm-hmm. It can feel like you're knowledge or what you bring to the table has less value or what what my concern is is that I'm missing something super obvious that I wouldn't mm-hmm. in my computer oh my gosh. that like but but that has honestly never actually come up <laughs> because the thing is, is that I'm lucky to work in a super collaborative and, fr- and friendly place where I, I don't really feel a lot of that outsiderness and people value my yeah. or what they are but you can always just learn it on the job. It's it's not really a matter of... Definitely, I think the computer science degrees have an incredible amount of value. And I often am envious of people who have them because I feel like they can get ramped up on certain technologies or certain content. Oh, yeah. Master. Yeah. The, my intention has never been for this podcast to shit on that program. It's just that some of us didn't take it. And so, what can, you know, like there is so much value on for that path. And I see how their brains work differently sometimes work day in, day out. And so, yeah, no, for sure. I see that. Because that, that 
kind of feeling is always there. I think it might all mm-hmm. be there for me because I yeah. intend to go back to school and get a computer science degree. Um, so, yeah. so I have to kind of learn how to quiet that down. And I, what I like to say is focus on my superpowers. Yeah. And for myself, and I think for a lot of people who come out of particularly the Hacker U program, the bootcamp is focused on front end. Um, not all of them. Mm. Are, this one is very focused on front end technologies, JavaScript, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But at the very beginning of my career, I consider my superpower was CSS because I knew CSS very, very deeply and I really understood it. And that is a technology that not everybody spends a lot of time diving into. Totally. And in my job now, I barely write CSS at all. Um, so I can see how that's a technology that it's moving pretty quickly and new specs are coming out and now we have grids and now we have Flexbox. Right. Yeah. Able to go into a job as a relatively new developer and say like, hey, I know all about Flexbox and I can teach the team because they haven't had the time to look into it at their jobs. That's really awesome. There's always ways you can add value to your team, focusing in on things like web accessibility as well. That's mm, a, for sure. It's something that is accessible. Yeah. Um, but it's attainable. You, you can choose to specialize in that area and it's not difficult. The, the information is out there and bring that to your company and say, Hey, like I might not understand how servers work in, in any great detail, but Right. Make your application more accessible. And that's something that I can contribute on day one while I'm catching up on everything. Yeah. And what company is going to say no to that? And then, yeah, you're an expert at something. And so that feels really important and good too. I love that. That's great advice. Actually, um, so do you have advice for those who are wanting to transition into tech that you would want to share? Yeah, I think definitely take a part-time course first or some sort of thing to dip your toes in to see if it's for you. Because I think right now it's really being the the popularity of coding schools and boot camps and everything is at an all-time high. There's so much opportunity. But it's not necessarily this one-size-fits-all solution to your life. And it's, it's not necessarily for everybody. And that's okay too. I think that it's if you're not passionate about it in some way, then it's not going to be a fulfilling life. <laughs> right. Don't invest all of that emotional and intellectual labor that it would require to, yeah. Totally. Yeah. You kind of have to really nerd out on very specific things in order <laughs> for sure. to be really into it. Um, and a great way to do that is to take a course first to see if you're into it. Because I find yeah. having taught those courses before, you can see the students right away who are like, Oh my goodness, I love mm-hmm. this. That are having the light bulb moment that you described earlier. Exactly. Because it's not easy at the beginning. It's, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, <sighs> there's yeah. a big mountain to climb in order to get to that first developer job and then to feel comfortable at that job. Oh my gosh. A little bit of an uphill battle. So there has to be that kind of passion behind what you're doing. So first, definitely just see if you like it. But if you do like it, then go for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Go all in. No, I think that's really thoughtful because yeah, I think we want to be really purposeful in our lives and what path we take. And just because it's what people seem to be talking about right now, doesn't mean it's necessarily for everyone. But yeah, I think explore it and see if you do get that feeling, that tingly feeling when you see your code run correctly and it it works suddenly. And that just, it's it's very contagious or it can be at least. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. When When you're entering into your job hunt, 
you're going to need to have your your story. You're going to be needing uh, your past experience and weave it into this narrative that's like, my life was always putting me in the direction of being at your company, writing HTML. This skills. moment, yeah. Um, and so that's something that's good to start thinking about day one. Um, it can mm-hmm. be hard to identify what you bring to the table yourself sometimes. So what mm-hmm. I like to recommend people to do is to just pull their friends and get them to talk them up for them. So like sometimes when I'm writing a cover letter or something like that, I'll just message my friends and be like, what's good about me? Can you please? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, because Absolutely. Friends will always see you in a much better light than you see yourself, or at least yeah. my friends do and bless them. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a that's great advice because we almost can be like self-deprecating to a fault too, where we don't think that we deserve to say that about ourselves or something. And so it is, yeah, it's great to have it from the voice of others and to have an affirming moment when writing those cover letters. I mean, the job search, there are a lot of rejections. And so that can feel really, really tough too. And so it's kind of know that that is going to be a battle and just a, stay consistent in your hunt for it though. Uh, but I think, yeah, getting your like kind of elevator pitch or your story of that narrative of how you're here suddenly and why this company is the spot for you is equally valuable too. Yeah. And to use that time also, I always say, interview them right back, ask the hard hitting questions that will matter to you so that it ends up being a positive space and for you uh, for the long run. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, Kristen, make your shout out. What would you like listeners to go check out? Um, well, for any um, Canadian listeners, if there are any out there, the organization I talked yeah. about earlier where I learned to code myself is called Canada Learning Code. And you can check them out at canadalearningcode.ca. They've got all sorts of cool. programs for adults and kids and kids camps. And they're just an amazing organization. Um, and I owe my career to them in some way. Cool. If anyone wants to follow me on Twitter, I'm underscore Kristen Spencer, K-R-I-S-T-E-N Spencer. Very good. Okay, great. Well, Kristen, it has been incredible to chat with you today. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And I'm so happy to have spoken to someone who has really nailed figuring out how to take your narrative and amplify it so that people are like, heck yeah, we want her there. And it sounds like you're doing incredible work at your agency. And so I thank you for being a leader in our industry. Thank you so much. (laughs) Okay, I'll talk to you soon. And that's a wrap on another episode of We Belong Here, Lessons from Unconventional Paths to Tech. Be sure to rate and subscribe anywhere you can find podcasts and check us out next week for another story and lessons learned from an unconventional path to tech.